Today's scripture is from the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 12, verses 17 through 19. Of course, there is no great gain, or there is great gain in godliness combined with contentment. For we brought nothing into the world so that we can take nothing out of it. But if we have food and clothing, we will be content with these. But those who want to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and in their eagerness to be rich, some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pains. But as for you, man of God, shun all this. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and for which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. As for those who in the present age are rich, command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share, thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. may be seated. If you were raised like me, then you may have learned growing up that there are two things you should never discuss in polite conversation. Do you remember what they are? Politics and religion, or religion and politics. And to that, we could probably add a third one. If you had to add a third one, what would it be? Money. Well, here we are, and I'm excited to talk with you this morning about money. Let's take a little poll informally real quick. Who here is excited to talk this morning about money? Anybody? Who here wishes they had not come this morning to hear about money? It will be okay. We will all get through this together. The truth is that our scriptures talk about money a lot. So if we are going to be faithful Christians who read the scripture, all of the scripture, we are going to be talking about money too and thinking about the role that it plays in our lives and in our faith. So we're going to do that this morning. In this passage that we have here today, we have one of the most frequently misquoted verses of scripture. People misquote it all the time. Um, You may have recognized it when it was read just now. Often you will hear people say, money is the root of all evil. 
But what does it actually say in here? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Does that little word, does that make a difference? Does it matter? It does, right? It does. If money is the root of all kinds of evil, then those of us who feel, by our own judgment, that we don't have all that much money don't really have anything to worry about. It's just the rich people who need to be worried, right? But if the love of money is at the root of all kinds of evil, then all of us are on the hook, right? We can have very little in our bank accounts and still be consumed with the pursuit of money with what we might call greed. Now, here I am not talking about trying to procure the things that you need to live, right? That's not what we're discussing right now. Here we're talking about a pursuit of money that goes beyond what we need. And as I said, we might call that greed. Paul thinks that this is an important thing to talk about. And it's really important, first of all, for a reason that may seem obvious that the love of money, the pursuit against everything else after money, has been the cause of all kinds of suffering and pain in our world, continues to be. We read the headlines today, and behind it we see so often that greed was the problem, that greed was what instigated all of these terrible things happening. We see it, and we don't know how to stop it. We know that's true. But Paul also wants to remind us that the love of money, the pursuit of it over and above everything else, causes another problem in our lives. Because when that becomes our obsession, when that captures our attention more than it should, what happens is that we start to fail to see and to recognize all the good things in our life. It skews our perspective on what we already have. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. I like to listen to podcasts, and there's a podcast that I got interested in recently that is called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. Have you heard of this podcast? I thought it was going to be about getting rich, how to get lots more money. That's not what it's about. In fact, this podcast is about it interviews people who have a lot of wealth, uh, what I would call a lot of wealth anyway, they have anywhere from 12 to 25 million dollars in investments. But the host talks with them about their thoughts around money because despite how much wealth these people have, they still live as if they have nothing. They still pinch pennies, they still won't go out to eat, they still, um, you know, won't pay for the kids' college or, you know, things like that. And part of us may be saying, well, I could see some virtue in that, in living beneath your means, way below your means. But here's where it gets tricky. A recent episode I listened to was a couple who had $12 million in investments. They had two young children. And the wife, a young woman, had just been given news that she probably had, at most, five years to live. Now, this was a couple who um, lived well below their means, despite all their wealth, and she was struggling. She could not bring herself to quit her job and spend time with her two young daughters, even knowing how little time she had left in this life. She felt she had to keep earning. Now, we hear that, and we think, that's crazy. And maybe we even judge it a little bit. 
But sometimes that's what happens when all of us human beings get wrapped up in the idea that we have to get more, we have to get more. This doesn't just come from inside, it comes from outside. It's part of the messages that we hear all the time. It's part of the advertising that we see all the time. We're surrounded by it, and it can trip us up. So this podcast is called, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, not because these people need help getting more wealth, but because they need help understanding that they are rich and how to live life. Now, when I hear about those kinds of stories, I'm just fascinated. And I'm so interested and surprised that this is what happens to people who have that much money. But maybe I shouldn't be surprised. Because as I start to reflect on it, I realize that maybe on a smaller scale, maybe I'm the same way too sometimes. Maybe I too fail to realize how much I have and instead focus solely on what I need to get, what I ought to have. Hmm. Paul wants us to recognize how much we already have. Sometimes things that happen in life kind of force that to happen. Uh, during the pandemic, not long ago, we were kind of forced to realize to, it, the pandemic disrupted how we usually think about money. For one, most of commerce just stopped. We were under what we called a lockdown and stores were closed and businesses were closed and a lot of us were not earning any money, right? Suddenly, whether you were rich or not, you didn't have toilet paper and you couldn't go buy it, right? And on a more serious note, suddenly, whether you were rich or not, your friends and colleagues and neighbors were being affected by COVID. Some of them were losing their lives and there was nothing, no matter how much money you had, that you could do about it. It changed our attitude about money because we realized money is not all-powerful. There's a lot that it cannot fix. And it changed our attitude about money in another way too. At least it did me. My schedule was disrupted. What I spent my time on was disrupted. For the first time in my adult life, I did not wake up to my alarm. Instead, because there was no reason to set my alarm, I wasn't going to work, I woke up to the sound of my children's voices in their rooms and the birds singing outside. I don't know that I'd ever heard that before, first thing in the morning, and it's not because they weren't there. They were always there. But I didn't notice it. My mind was set on other things. I was headed to find and do other things. But when all of that commerce was disrupted, suddenly I saw what had been there all along. In a real way, in this passage that we read just now, Paul wants to teach us to recognize those things that have been there all along, those blessings we already have in our life. He wants to teach us to be rich. The way he puts it in this passage is this. Hold on, take hold of the life that is really life. Take hold of the life that is really life. What is the life that is really life. 
Those of us who work, who have jobs, um, we know that there are myriad things we do every day, tasks and tedious things that we have to do that are a part of, um, of what we do, but they're not really life. And yet, sometimes, that's what gets our heart and soul and all our time and energy. Paul wants us to shift that. He wants our pursuit, our passion, to be towards those things that really matter, that are really life. Those are things like godliness, like endurance, like faith and love and gentleness. Those are the things that he wants to get all our attention, all of our passion. How much do we fail to notice that we have that we're blessed with? Because we're pursuing things like wealth. If we think about this, maybe we start with some big things. No matter how much we make or do not make, we are beloved children of God. We have the love of God in our lives. No matter how much we make or do not make, we can go to God for forgiveness at any time and be met with open arms. We come to a place like this, and we realize we have brothers and sisters in Christ, siblings in Christ, people who walk with us at all stages. And the list can go on and on. We can get as detailed or not as we want to. I was sitting up there just now, and I was thinking how wonderful it is that one of the things that makes my life rich is that I can come to church on a Sunday morning, and I can hear this beautiful music just for the glory of God. It doesn't cost me anything. What is in our lives that makes us truly rich that we fail to recognize on most days? Paul wants us to notice those things, to realize how rich we are, to start honoring those things in our life ahead of money, ahead of money. The life that is really life. What would you do differently if you realized today how truly rich you are now? What would I do differently? Well, Paul put it in here. As for those who are rich, whether that's money or whether that's these blessings that are all around us, Paul says, do good. Be rich in good works, generous, ready to share, storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. Amen.